Welcome back to the Dialed In Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jake Nadley, with my other co-host, Kiji Patterson. Uh, we've been a little bit of hiatus, uh, but we are back now, uh, going over the, the weekend with the NBA playoffs. Uh, a lot to talk about. Um, Keej, with, with what happened with the NBA, and I want to start with the Clippers. Uh, you know, they lost game one against the Mavs um, on Saturday, uh, 113-103. Uh, Kawhi had 26, George had 23, but just just an off game for them, especially down the stretch. Um, but the thing about the Clippers is, as I said last um, episode, is that they were one of the worst teams in the NBA in clutch minutes, like uh, five minutes or less, game close, um, top five worst in the NBA. And we saw that again on Saturday in the clutch. They just couldn't get it done. Um, so what do you think about the Clippers, um, the game, their chances going forward, and just what's going on with, um, with Kawhi and Paul? Yeah, I really have no idea what's going on there. You know, I kind of talked pretty highly of them last episode and thought they'd have a turnaround year this year with the addition of Tyron Lewis, as their head coach. You know, Ibaka and Rondo also in the mix. But, you know, like you said, they just played awful. Kawhi shot nine for 22, PG shot eight for 18. It looks like playoff P is back. And honestly, I think if this continues, he's out of there by the end of, by this offseason. And they could definitely keep Kawhi as a good centerpiece. But they definitely need to pair him up with the, another superstar who is more vocal because, you know, both those guys are very quiet and to themselves, great players and all, but just doesn't look like they're to do it. They get the job done for L.A. And um, it's, uh, you know – Dallas gave them a tough series last year in the bubble, and they obviously came right back hungry as ever to prove that that wasn't any type of fluke or anything. Um, but I think for the most part, it's a personnel issue. Like you said, they're just not good in the clutch. And, you know, they just – they don't look like the right fit for each other. And they're going to have to do some rebuilding this off offseason and reanalyze, you know, their game plan going forward. Yeah, well, of course, this, the series ain't over yet. Um, but I, I see what you're saying if they end up being eliminated in the first or second round when their goal is to win a championship. And, I mean, going back, like, years ago when Steve Ballmer bought the team, he, he paid double for what it's worth. Um, you know, just he has that FU money, so it didn't really matter. He's he's going to build a new stadium in Inglewood. I mean, the pressure on this team, especially from Ballmer to get it done, is tremendous. I mean, their front office is one of the highest paid in the league. Uh, contract wise. And I know they're on, they're on pins and needles uh, watching this team. They don't have, they don't, as you alluded to, they don't have that guy down the stretch that can win you the game. Uh, I mean, we've seen it time and time again. I mean, I think they can beat this series, beat the Mavs. I think they match up well with them. Um, but I just don't think they can win championships with guys who are not vocal leaders, communicators, rather than rather who they are, which is just great players. Um, so I think they have the right to be nervous, but I think they can still win this series. But if they don't win a championship, as you said, or even get there, um, I, I think I think I could see PG moving in the offseason. You trade him, you pair, pair Kawhi with another uh, superstar. And, I mean, Kawhi is a free agent after the end of this year. I don't think he's going to leave, but that's something to, to uh, look at. I mean, you, you traded for Rondo. I mean, he was a minus eight on Saturday. 
I mean, Marcus Moore, Moore, Morris Senior was a minus twenty three uh, for the game, which is the which was the worst. So I think they got Tyler's got to change it up, but it's still a winnable series. But they have to be walking on pins and needles, especially with the pressure coming from Steve Ballmer. Yeah, definitely. And like you said, the, the series definitely isn't over yet. They are very capable of winning this. You know, um, that that series, I believe, went to six games over the summer. So, you know, anything is possible. They are bound to turn it on at some point. But like you said, like, it just doesn't seem like the right fit. And, you know, every, everyone's got poor plus minus numbers. And, you know, it's just, it's just not looking good. And I, I agree with you that I think Kawhi will stay in L.A. Like, you love the city. It's hard not to. But who do you think maybe would be a better pairing that could actually, you know, project the Clippers to being a true title contender? Because at this point, it's just really – it looks like my prediction will be false. I, I don't know if I can still see them coming out of the West, you know, to continue to play like this. But, yeah, who do you see matching up well there? Um, you know, I'm not really sure. I mean, I think I think Kawhi would have to be paired of – paired with a better um, three-point shooter than Paul George's um, ability down, down the stretch. Um, if you look around the league, like I think Devin Booker would actually be a good pairing with Kawhi, but he's not going anywhere, uh, especially with their success they've had. Um, I don't really, honestly, I don't really know, but I know that if, if they lose early, Steve Ballmer and their front office, they will be making changes. And I think Paul will, will go. Uh, first um, this offseason. But, you know, I mean, do, do you have any ideas right now, Keach? Honestly, off the top of my head, I can't say I do. Um, I, I definitely agree with De- Devin Booker being a good choice there. I think if Steph ever decided to leave Golden State, that would be a crazy pairing. But, you know, that that's super unlikely. I think I don't ever see Steph really leave, leaving Golden State. Um, but you alluded to Devin Booker and we saw the game last night. He looked really well against the Lakers. And you want to talk about that series a little bit? Yeah. So the Suns yesterday, you know, a 90, 99-90 uh, win for them over the, over the Lakers. I, th- I think the story – I think there was two players, the story of the game. Um, Devin Booker uh, for the Suns, who ha- had more points than LeBron and AD combined, and AD – 80 was a game worst, minus 18 on the floor, plus minus, minus 18. He was awful. Five for 16, 13 points, seven rebounds, just not good enough. He, he's, he looks like he's kind of floating out there, just not really engaged, taking too many jump shots. Um, LeBron, I'm not, you can't give a pass on LeBron. I mean, he only shot 13 times. And if the Lakers want to win this series, he has to be way more aggressive. I want to see him shooting 20 or more times every single game. Because if he's aggressive every single time down the floor, pushing the ball, making plays for others, rather than just being passive, uh, I, I think the Lakers are going to be hard to beat, especially if Davis is playing well. But, I mean, Booker played amazing. 13 for 26, 34 points, 8 assists, 7 rebounds. He was doing it all, especially with Paul getting hurt. He was amazing. But Aiton also, you got to look at Aiton. He plus 16 on the floor practically at the same amount of minutes as Davis. So they were on the floor at the exact same time. And Aiden was handling Davis, making him look like the inferior player. Um, 21 points, 16 rebounds. So there was just a lot of 
a lot of different storylines from this game, but those are kind of the players I look at right off the bat. Yeah, totally. Um, both LeBron and AD, I would say, kind of looked a little sluggish, a little flat. You know, you can kind of blame maybe their lack of games this year because they were both injured on and off so much. And, you know, maybe they're still getting some of that rust off and whatnot. But like you said, if they're going to repeat as champs or even just win this series alone, they, there's no way they can continue to play like this. And uh, I like that you shouted out Aiton. So I discussed him in the last episode. And, you know, I think he's the future of this league at the center position. And, you know, it's really impressive to see him so early in his career taking it to two future Hall of Famers and Davis and James. Um, and like you said, Booker as well, absolutely killed it. 45 minutes, like you said, had to put the team on his back with Chris Paul out and he, he delivered. Um, but how do you think this Chris Paul injury impacts the rest of the series? Could say he's not a full go or has to miss maybe a game or two. I think he's, I think it's a big impact. If they don't have Paul, they're not going to win the series. And you can see when he came back, just him being on the floor, his presence, you know, they're a totally different team, even with him just on one arm, basically. I mean, we saw his four last five shots were air balls, but he said he was going to play game two tomorrow. So I don't think the Sun should be too worried about it. But uh, if he doesn't look like himself, then, you know, especially late in games, it's going to be trouble. But Keith, what I also want to look at is just from the Lakers perspective, um, you know, last year's team and this year's team is completely different. You know, just the motivation of kind of like the role players. So like Dwight Howard, you know, trying to revamp his career, they replace him with Marcus Saul, who doesn't get any minutes. And then you got Montrez Harrell, who comes in for Javel, who is, you know, trying to prove that he could be a part of championships besides the Warriors. So you bring in these new pieces, plus Schroeder, who's just played terribly defensively um, the past couple games. And they're just a completely different team. I mean, they don't get the four and a half months rest that they had last year, especially with an older team last year. Uh, you, you have Matthews, you know, instead of Danny Green. It's just a completely different team. And we thought at the beginning of the season that they were a better team. But what, what, what we've seen lately is they're actually a worse team. And I think, you know, as a Laker fan and other Laker fans, I think we should be concerned um, because we I, I think we are a worse team than last year. LeBron and AD have been injured. They're not playing well. They're not being aggressive enough. And we're playing a Suns team who is far more motivated considering that Aiton and Booker have never been in the playoffs. You know, they've been craving this moment um, for a long time. And Devin alluded to this after the game, you know, how excited he is to be a part of, you know, the playoff atmosphere. So I think, I think those factors, I think the Lakers should be concerned, you know, Let's not overreact to game one. There's, I mean, it's a long series. I think it's going to go six or seven, but, you know, it's not, it's not going to be easy for the Lakers. The Suns are a very motivated team with a lot of talent who are looking to make a deep run and don't really care who they're facing. Yeah, for sure. And um, like you said, those pieces kind of seem like almost identical and like you said even upgrades as some of them those guys are, are younger and you know Harold's coming off his uh great six man of the year season along with Schroeder as well they were both finalists for the award um but they just don't they don't look like they have it in them they don't look like they have that championship winning dog mentality they don't want it like 
LeBron gets bumped by a point guard and is rolling all over the floor for 30 minutes. Like, like that's not what it takes. And he knows that. And I just continue to scratch my head of what, you know, to, when you continue to see it happening. Um, but with that being said, how do you think the um, Donovan Mitchell injury impacts the number one seed Jazz? And how is that going to impact, impact them? They, they, they did the first game against the Grizzlies. I was a little shocked by that. Um, they, they played well. You know, going forward, I've, I feel the Jazz could potentially be um, the biggest threat to the Lakers if they were able to move past the Suns. You know, I think it's huge. I mean, we saw the Grizzlies. I think the Grizzlies can actually win this series without Donovan Mitchell. I mean, you got a, an all-star, a, a scorer who can get his own shot, and that's what every team needs in the playoffs is a guy who can get his own shot. Every single champion has that guy. Um, so without him, the Jazz, I don't know if they could beat the Grizzlies, and they definitely can't go farther than the second round. But I think he's going to be back. I think they're going to take care of the Grizzlies easy. And then they get um, probably, probably my guess, they would get the Clippers. But who knows? Uh, Keech, what, do you, what about you? What, how do you feel about the Jazz right now? You know, they had a great – um, regular season, but I've never truly been sold, but you make a great point. Like, they need that clutch shooter, that scorer who's going to attack the whole, the guy that needs the ball in his hands when the game matters, and, you know, with him out, they just don't have him. And even when if he comes back, I do think they will eventually beat the Grizzlies. Um, but, you know, Phoenix looks really good. The Blazers also play very well against the Nuggets, too. And but it's just between the Chris Paul injury and the Donovan Mitchell injury, I think that's going to have a big impact on who comes out of the West this in this um, playoffs. Yeah, definitely, 100%. Um, I want to move to the East, Keys, right now, and I want to start uh, up in New York with the Knicks. I don't really want to necessarily talk about the game. You know, they lost against the Hawks. It's going to be a back-and-forth series. The Hawks have way more offensive talent, but the Knicks are gritty. They're totally bought in. Um, they got D Rose, they got Barrett, they got, they got Randall. They got a bunch of young guys and, and some veterans to kind of help them. But I think it's important for the Knicks not to overreact to making the playoffs, to potentially winning a first round, to getting into the second round, because the key for the Knicks is, is, is two things, Randall and tips. Julius Randle, it's important that they don't overpay for him because he's – I don't think he's the guy that can lead you to championships. I think he can be part of a championship team to be the, and be the second or third best player, right? But right now he's the Knicks' best player, and I think, you know, what the Knicks have done in the past is they have overpaid for guys. And if they overpay for Julius, that's going to be extremely – that's going to be a mistake. Um. So, and also with Tibbs, you know, Tibbs is a culture builder. Tibbs is great for these up and coming teams to have some stability, to know how to win, to come in day in and day out and work hard, try to win every single game. But, you know, I don't think he's the guy to take a team to championships. Uh, we've seen it with his Bulls team. They were Bulls teams. They were never good enough to beat LeBron, to beat other teams in the East, to get to the finals. So for the Knicks, it's, it's important to know that this is just a stepping stone. You're, you're not going to win the championship this year. You're not going to win the championship next year. So it's important not to overreact. It's great you're in the playoffs. 
right? First time in, a, in eight, nine years. But the reality is there's steps they need to take to go further in the playoffs, whether they win this first round series against the Hawks or not. That's just my take, Heach, on the Knicks. I'm not really looking at game one specifically, just taking more of a macro perspective because I know the hype in New York right now. But, Keith, what? how do you feel about the Knicks, you know, in this round going forward, Julius and Tibbs, and, and, and what do you want to see out of them? Like you said, they play a great game, and this is a very evenly matched series. You know, they have the same record. Both um, got some, like, more younger teams than they are, like, experienced. So, you know, like you said, just the fact that they're here is a, an accomplishment of its own, you know. It's the first time since 2015 that they've even been in the playoffs. And, you know, I, like you said, there's no need to overreact. I think they're still a very strong team. Like you said, super gritty and defensive. Um, and they're clearly still, like, building building this franchise, you know. They they have a, a couple cornerstones with um, Randall and Barrett, and they'll continue to draft guys and whatnot. Um, and they're now a, a free agent, like, destination that pe- uh, athletes might actually desire. Um, you know, Trey just kind of channeled his inner staff and won on the runner down the lane, and, you know, it happens. It's basketball. Um, well, you did mention – you don't think Tibbs has what it takes if he's never got it done with the Bulls. And I don't think this is entirely fair because, like you said, that super team with LeBron was there. The East was super stacked. Carmelo, that was back when they were still kind of good. They had J.R. Smith, you know. So that was a really tough conference that year. It's probably the last time the East has been, like, super competitive and, like, relevant, honestly. Um, and I think even Derek, if D. Rose never got hurt, man, I don't know. I feel they might have – eventually squeezed out maybe at least one championship because they were always close. They're always in, they're always in the mix. You can never sleep on them. And I definitely think he's the right guy for the job. They just need, you know, maybe a couple more guys to get them over the hump. And it's obviously going to take a couple more years. As I said, they are still building up this roster. Um, but I'm really excited for the rest of the series. I like the pieces the Hawks have. And, and I like, and like the Knicks too, you know. It's a true Cinderella story. And – it's, it's like inspiring, honestly, just to see them having some success again. 100%. And staying in the East, Keej, you know, the Knicks and the Hawks, are, they're not getting past the Sixers in the next round. So, um, but I want to move to, I mean, the Nets and the Celtics, you know, the Nets are going to sweep them or win in five. The Celtics just don't have the firepower. So we don't, we don't even have to waste time on that series. But the, the Heat and the Bucks playing tonight, um, winner, you know, is going to get the the Nets. And I, I want, I just want your take on the first round, the first game on Saturday, uh, what you saw, and how the series is going to play out going forward. You know, I saw the same Miami team from the bubble that you know just has that dog in them that just has that will to win. And you know, they they feel everyone's kind of sleeping on them. They, the Bucks think they're more talented. They've openly expressed that, like guys like Drew Holiday has. Um, and, you know, they're just – they're going to continue to be Miami. It really sucks. It's uh, is out. Kind of, I was kind of bummed about that because he's a great addition to them. And with him being in this series, I think he could go a totally different way. But I'm going to say I still see the Bucks pulling this one out just off of the fact that Giannis and Middleton didn't shoot spectacularly well. You know, Giannis is 0 for 3 from 3 point, 10 for 27. Middleton was – 10 for 22, three for, three for nine from three-point. And they both had 26 and 27, but 
you know, if they actually start performing how they should be, I, I think they're just going to be too dominant. Um, but I, I don't think they're good enough to – either of these teams are good enough to beat the Sixers or the Nets, personally. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll just – you know, I, I don't think the Heat are good enough to beat the Bucs. Um, in the bubble, they did, obviously, but that's a controlled environment. Uh, just totally different, in my opinion, than the actual playoffs. Uh, I mean, I, I like the Heat. Jimmy Butler was, in my opinion, besides, you know, that late cluck shot, I don't think he was good on Saturday. Four for 22 from the field, that's abysmal. Um, Bam, I don't think, didn't, didn't play that well. I think the Bucks are just too talented and too gritted defensively um, to lose this series. I think it's going to go, you know, six or seven. It's very competitive, but I think the Bucks will pull it off. Pull it off. And I want to – and the Bucks, you know, people say, oh, like, what does the addition of Drew Holiday mean? You know, how is it different from Eric Bledsoe? And I think it's it's a key thing, uh, especially down the stretch. Drew is a great defender, locked down, um, one of the f- top five, top ten best defenders in the league. And also, you know, late in the game, right, you have Bam on, on Giannis. You have Jimmy Butler on Drew. And then that leaves Chris Middleton going against Duncan Robinson. And that right there is a mismatch. And we saw Chris hit that shot to win. And that's what's having Drew adds to that, adds to that to the Bucks. Late in the games, the other the opponents are gonna have to choose how to match up defensively because Drew and Chris and Giannis are all capable of getting their own shot, driving to the lane, making plays for others. So teams are going to have to pick and choose who they put their best defenders on. And I think that allowed Chris to make that shot. Um, So I I think the Bucs are a different team than past. I think they could beat the the Nets. I think it's going to be a really good series. Um, That's the classic defense versus offense. You know, what wins in the playoffs? You know, in the NFL, I think it's defense. Defense wins you championships no matter how many points you score. You got to be able to – get stops to win the game and let, unless it'll just, it'll just keep going, you know, in overtime and beyond. But I think that series is going to be really cool to watch defense versus offense. And, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited for that series. I, but um, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a great point you made. You know, Drew does bring a whole new dynamic to this team that they were clearly lacking. And he also didn't shoot spectacularly well either. And it just takes one of them to truly heat up. And like you said, they're too gritty, just too dominant, too much of a force to be stopped. My, like, I, that's just what, my, what I believe, um, at least in this series. You know, like you said, that net series could be insane if it ends up happening. Um, but like you said, middle, or, excuse me, not, uh, Holiday is arguably a, the best two-way defending point guard in the league right now and you know he, he spaces he opens up the floor like you said and gives Middleton those mismatches but uh I want to talk about your Sixers they looked pretty dang good I know they played the Wizards they're kind of not the most talented team you know they're the eighth seed but um they played really well you know Tobias at 37 um Six boards. Ben Simmons had 15 assists, 15 boards. And Embiid, obviously, had 30. So how do you see them um, continue to play down the road? And how do you think they match up with, like, a Brooklyn or a 
uh, Milwaukee in a potential Eastern Conference championship. Yeah, I think the Sixers played well. You know, Tobias was huge for us. I uh, had to had to score all 28 of his points in the first half, especially with Embiid in foul trouble. Um, only nine points in the first half. Without Tobias, we don't win that game. But you know, we're we're su- superior to the Wizards. It's going to go four or five games, um, and I think we win that next series. And then you know we play the Bucks or the or the or the Nets, and I think we match up great with them. I, we're a great defensive team, second in the NBA. Uh, Tobias and Joel can get a basket whenever they want. Ben is a playmaker for others, uh, moves the ball on the fast break, uh, just just does so many things well. I want to see him be more aggressive. If he's passive, I don't think I don't think we can go as far as he w- we want to. I, I want him to look for his shots. It's okay for you to be aggressive uh, and look for your own shots rather than just coming down the floor every single time and looking for others. Because uh, he, he, is, he is a unique offensive skill set. It reminds me a little bit of Magic. I'm not saying he's Magic. Just a little bit of his little baby hooks that he does, the way he drives, um, the way he passes. But, you know, it was an exciting first game. Wells Fargo Center was rocking. Uh, by the time the Easter Conference Finals rolls around, it'll be 100% capacity. And, Keith, you know how those Philly fans miss those sports. 100%, 22,000, building, rocking, South Philly. That's going to be fun. Yeah, it will. Uh, the city of champions, as you guys call it. Yeah, I'm sure you guys would be stoked to finally be back in there and bringing the energy up. It'll definitely be an electric atmosphere for sure. Um, but just in, uh, Jordan Clarkson was just announced as the sixth man of the year, uh, averaging 18.4 off the bench for the Jazz. And so what are, your, what are your thoughts on that? You think he was deserving? You think maybe it should have gone to someone else? No, yeah, definitely deserving. Average 18, really important for the Jazz. You know, he's another guy who can get his own shot off the bench. Um, definitely, definitely deserving. What about you? You like Jordan? Love Jordan, man. I had him in fantasy and he absolutely killed it for me this year. He's always uh, reliable when I, when I needed him, especially with LaMelo getting hurt this year. Yeah. My guards weren't my depth. My guard depth wasn't too good. So, yeah, I'm a big Jordan Clarkson guy. Like, I really wish he honestly got to stay with the Lakers and continue to develop because you really go back and you look at those all those young guys that were traded away to make space for LeBron and AD, and they, they're all kind of, like, doing their thing now. You know, they're all making a name for themselves. And we got a couple all-stars now, Brandon Ingram and Julius Randle. And it would have been really interesting to see if that team were to stay together. And Lonzo kind of had a breakout year this year, change up his shooting mechanics, you know. Um, but I, I really like Clarkson. And, um, but kind of talk about not to live in the past or anything, but what are your thoughts? How, do, how good do you think that potential Lakers team would be now had they kept Kuzma, Randall, Clark, Clarkson, Ball, B.I., you know? What do you think? I'm not really sure. Uh, we wouldn't have A.D. I'd be very LeBron-centric. I don't know if those guys would be able to grow as players that they've done on their own. So I, I don't think they would be themselves what they are now versus the past. Um, it would definitely be an exciting team to watch, but I don't think – I don't really think it would matter too much because – because LeBron would be there very, you know what I mean? I just think it would be completely different rather than them on their own. 
Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think them being on their own definitely helped form them into the, the players they are now, helped them elevate their game, take the next step as they had to figure it out for themselves. They were now looked as, um, you know, as the new leaders and new star guys for the team, for their respective teams. Um, so going forward, I just want to talk about kind of the other awards that haven't been um, announced yet, but the finalists have. And I wanted to start with Rookie of the Year, and we got Lamella Ball, Anthony Edwards, and Tyrese Halliburton. Who do you think is uh, the most deserving? Who's, who's going to take the, the cup on that one? I got Anthony Edwards. What about you? I love Ann as well. I think it will go to him too, especially with the impact that he had and uh, like down the stretch of the season, you saw he really got more comfortable, started shooting a lot more threes, t- attacking the basket. And I, I think he's going to be a really good player in this game for the next, you know, 10, 15 years at least. Um, and I think Lamelo can make a strong case. Had he not gotten injured, he still can. He, he still can, no doubt. But with with the injury and the, the like, just the fact that Anthony Edwards just kind of, you saw him get comfortable evolving started to look – didn't stop looking like a rookie towards the end of the season. I think he, he's going to um, have the edge and end up winning it. Um, and next up, Defensive Player of the Year, we got Rudy Gobey, Draymond Green, and Ben Simmons. I, that's a real tough one. Those are all great defenders. Um, I personally think Ben will take it. But, you know, Rudy, Rudy's won in the past, and he's obviously a, a paint monster when it comes to the defense and blocking the – blocking shots and just protecting the rim. But uh, who you got? Yeah, you know I got to go with my guy, Ben. I mean, Rudy, like, you're 7-1. Like, you can jump and, and block shots. You know, Ben, ben can guard one through five, uh, 6-10, long, past. I think he deserves it this year over Gobert. It's a fair point. Can't argue with that one. Uh, for most improved, Jeremy Grant from the Pistons up um, for nomination, MPJ for the Nuggets, and Julius Randle. And this is another tough one, too, but I got to give it to Julius. You know, no one – I feel people kind of forgot about Julius Randle prior to the season, honestly. Um, but he completely transformed his body, added a shot, you know. And he's still a great defender and still has that brute strength and kind of size that he's always had. And he kind of figured it out as more of like a, a swing guy, a guy who can also bring up the court kind of like a point forward. So I got Julius. Yeah, that's a no-brainer. I mean, Julius was a top five, top six MVP candidate. Uh, tremendous improvement. I think I think he has the chance to be a star in this league. He's got to uh, keep working, though. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt about it. I think he's about his grind. He'll continue to improve, especially with him and Thib. Um, and that brings us to Coach of the Year, who's – we got Quinn Snyder for the Jazz – We've been talking a lot about him today and Monty Williams, the Suns coach. And I think this is another really tough one because, you know, you've seen big turnarounds from both the Knicks and the Suns. And um, I'd probably give the edge to Williams just because of the fact that, you know, he helped brought, he sought out CP3. You know, he saw the impact that he always has on an organization. He got a true point guard to run with his um, slash and, you know, shooting a young shooting guard and D book and also got to help Aiton grow as well. Another young superstar in this league. And so I got to give the Monty Williams, you know, he didn't have the best tenure in new Orleans. Um, they ended up firing him over time. 
you know, and they ended up trading AD and all that. But who do you think is most deserving? I have to agree with you, Monty. You know, Quinn, I mean, the Jazz have been good for a long time. Um, but Monty going from, like, one of the worst records to the second best, you got to give it to him, a, a great coach um, that I think should be in Phoenix for years. Yeah, 100%. I really like the fit there, and I think he's there to stay um, for sure. And to cap it off, we got the Kia NBA MVP. And I just, not to brag or anything, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I predicted all three of these finalists. Um, but we got Steph Curry, Joel Embiid, and Jokic. And I, we've talked about this. We gave our prediction in the past, so we don't have to go too in-depth. But I think I see Jokic finally taking the award, which I think is really cool because, you know, you don't really see a big man winning it. I believe – Dirk was the last one in 07, and then before that was probably Shaq. And so, you know, it's kind of a rarity. And center's also kind of a dying breed um, in this league. And well, I shouldn't say that, lack of, for lack of a better word. But if anything, they're evolving. They've, they've been, they haven't been the best in the last couple of years. Um, but they're, they're not like true, you know, paint beast centers like the olden days with like David Robinson, Shaquille O'Neal, you know, Bill Russell. Um, you know, they're, they're shooting threes. They're out there playing like guards. It's crazy. But I got Jokic. Who do you think's winning? You know, I agree with you. Um, I want to give it to my boy Embiid, but he missed too many games. Jokic averaging, what, 26, 10, and 8, leading Denver to the three seed. I think he deserves it. Uh, he would be the first true center position-wise uh, since Shaq. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I think Jokic deserves it. He's the MVP of the league. They should beat the Blazers. I think they won't, but Jokic. Can't argue with that. Um, this has been a great inst- – um, yeah, I definitely do. They think sh- they should beat the Blazers. Don't know. They have it in them. You know, Dame, is, Dame time is here. Dame Dalla. He's, he rises up in the playoffs. And, you know, one of these years I feel he's finally bound to get over that hump that, you know, that he's hasn't been able to in the past. And they're finally healthy. They finally got a well-rounded team, I'd say. Like in the past, the, the Blazers just haven't been very good basketball teams in general. But, you know, Nurkic is back. CJ is back. The addition of Powell. Um, Simons is really good as well. You know, I think the Blazers are going to be – Real tough team to beat. They were my sleeper pick, you know, and, and so far they're looking pretty good. And, you know, had Jamal not, you know, if he was healthy, had he not gotten injured, I really think the Nuggets were a very strong contender coming out of the West. Can, can match up with all eight teams. Definitely give the Lakers a run for their money. You know, and it's honestly kind of sad just to see him get hurt so late in the season, too, and they were, they were playing so well. And you saw him win back-to-back. Um, down 3-1 series in the bubble, and Jamal just would clutch up. And I think they're really going to miss that factor, even though they have the MVP. But, you know, how they had both of them, who's going to stop that duo? Uh, And I think the good thing is that they're young. You know, all their top players are, like, no older than, I believe, like 28. They're all very young guys. So it's exciting to see what the future has in store for them. But this year, I don't know if they're going to get it done. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, pretty much everything you said. You know, I, I like the Blazers, how they've played. Jamal being hurt, you know, definitely hurts uh, the Nuggets' chances. Um, definitely. Um, 
you know, Keys, this has been fun. This is all the time we have uh, for the fourth edition of the Dialed In podcast. I'm your boy, Jake Nadley, with my co-host, Keiji Patterson. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining, guys. Yeah.